First Thessalonians, Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I remember when we took a trip over there, there's not much left of this place, but there's a little place and as the bus drew near, I maybe told you this before, but I smelled tomatoes and onions being cooked. That was waft over the air and they were making soup or something in this little village that only a few people lived. Anyway, part of it is still there. Paul, Sylvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without, and you know, I wish all of us would do this, and as you remember who sits next to you in church, not only your family, but then pray like uh, some face will come to my mind. Uh, be with the Cashes today. See, be with Lou and Doyle. Be with you know, each one of you. Uh, I think God wants us to pray for one another because I don't know if what the problems you might be having, you know, today or yesterday. But anyway, God knows. And so we just, as we think of each other, let's pray for each other remembering you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing the people there. And I can say this of you guys, your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope. Now, you know, here's what we have here is faith, hope, and love. I un underline your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope. And faith, hope, and love are these wonderful qualities of Christians. They should be your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Now, this um, probably has bothered a lot of people, election, predestination, and God's sovereignty. I think I wrote a little booklet about it, and you're... They're in the front hall up on the shelf if you want one. But, but I want you to take it if, if you don't have one. But faith, hope, and love, and knowing your election by God. An election, that, and I think it boils down to this, when you believe in Jesus Christ, you're elected, you're, you're in his family, you're chosen, remembering your election by God. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So, you know, whatever we're doing, people are watching, especially Christians. You know, they watch when you go out your door. If you have your Bible in your hand, they watch that. People are watching what our actions are, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. Now, we have it very easy in this country, don't we? But they received the word of God with much affliction. And we remember in Thessalonica, 
He said, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia, that's north, and Achaia, that's south, so it's all over the area, but also in every place your faith toward God has gone out, so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you, and how, I love this, you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. This is kind of like you're converted. You change your direction, you're going one way and you're going another. You, you turn to God from what you formerly believed. They believed in idols. You turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. See, now Jesus said he was coming back. And, and John, I'm going away, but I'm coming back. And he is coming back, and I wish it would be very soon, don't you? And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. That's the tribulation that he's talking about. And he talks about this tribulation in chapter 5. For you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from deceit or uncleanness, nor was it in guile, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. Now that's an interesting, he tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness, God is witness, nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, for laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. What is the gospel? Jesus came to earth, he died for our sins, he was buried, he rose from the dead. That's the gospel. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a father does his own children, that you would have a walk worthy of God. A worthy walk. And he talks this in Ephesians. He talks about this. I think it's in Ephesians 4. Let's look at the last part of Ephesians. Chapter 4 of Ephesians, if you got it. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, he was in a, filthy, cold Roman jail and with chains on his legs 
I beseech you, have a worthy walk of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And this is not water baptism. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When anyone believes in Jesus, baptism simply means to place in union with. And so when you believe in Jesus, you're placed in union with him. God does this. So that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And it isn't the water one. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 13. I mean, chapter 12, verse 13. So one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And this is from Psalm 68. When Jesus ascended on high, what ha he evidently took all of the saved believers that had died before, their souls and spirits, to heaven with him. He led captivity captive and then what did he do? Well, he gave the gifts of the Holy Spirit, didn't he, to the early church. Gave gifts to men. So he had the resurrection of the believers with him and then gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean But he, that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? So evidently, there are two sections in the heart of this earth, the saved section and the lost section. The lost souls and spirits, they'll, they'll still be there. But Jesus went down to the saved section, but he was raised from the dead. He descended also. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets. Now, these are New Testament prophets. Can you think of a New Testament prophetess or prophet? Well, I've written a name here. Agabus. That was the name of one of the first the prophets in the New Testament. There were a lot of prophets in the Old Testament, but we don't realize about the ones in the New Testament. So Agabus was one of the New Testament prophets. And he gave some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. We gave gifts to equip the body. They didn't have the Bible, remember, in the early days of the church. No Bible. So he gave gifts to men to do the work that the Bible would do later when it was written and disseminated till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God 
till we come to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head. Who's the head? Right. Jesus Christ. To grow more, in other words, he's saying we're supposed to grow more and more like Jesus Christ every day. From whom the whole body, the church, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, it causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you shall no longer walk. That means like day after day, one foot after another. Walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. These are the lost people. The Gentiles having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the hardening of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to licentiousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard, heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off. Now, when you believe in Jesus, you put on some things, but you put off some things. That you would put off concerning your former conduct. Put off the old man. That's like the old sin nature, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that that you put on, so you put off your old sin nature and put on the new man, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Therefore, putting away lying, the old man, each one speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. That's a good one to remember, isn't it? Don't let the sun go down when you're mad. <laughs> you better confess whatever it is and get right with the Lord before the sun goes down. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. In another place it says that he's like a roaring lion walking around, First Peter, walking around looking for whom somebody he can deceive and get on his side. Be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath or give place to the devil, an opportunity for him. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. But let no corrupt communication, no dirty jokes or anything like that, no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of, of re redemption. 
So when you're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to live in your life, in your body. But evidently you can grieve him, which causes him grief. See? You don't grieve the Holy Spirit who indwells you, by whom you and you're sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another. Now, this is uh, the mark of the Christian, kindness. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Therefore, be followers or imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. That would be like the incense that pleased God that was a special compounding that they had in the Old Testament. So we said our prayers and the way we live our lives uh, make an offering of, of like an incense offering of a sweet-smelling savor to God. But fornication and all uncleanness, that means any immorality or greediness, covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, I have something here, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting. And we all know what these things are. We hear it all the time from people that aren't believers. Coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, fornicators and an immoral person, and an impure person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, has any inheritance. You can be saved, but you don't have any rewards when we see Jesus. When we meet Jesus, will he say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? And here are the gifts that you've earned living a life that pleases God. But none of these people that are immoral, impure, covetousness or idolaters, they don't have any inheritance or loss of reward they have. No rewards in the kingdom of God and Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, being an idolater and unclean and covetous, because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. These are unbelievers. Don't be partakers with things that unbelievers are doing. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. That means one foot after another each day, living our lives as pleasing to, to God the Father and the Lord Jesus. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. 
for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Awake, therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, or purposefully, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, making the most of, your, of the time that's still here, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Wine fills you, and you are acting differently. But when the Holy Spirit fills you, you're acting differently too. And that's what he wants here. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are to thank him even for all things. Yes, all things, it says. Even what we consider bad things that happen. Because he allows things to happen in our lives and he'll bring good out of it. Whatever he allows, just be happy with it. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Don't always have to have your own way, but submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ. We don't like this, but this is what God says for us to do. So we are to do it. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, that's what wives are to do. Now look what husbands are supposed to be like. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So this, this Bible cleanses our lives as we read it. And Heidi and I, she's been, I'll say, will you read to me tonight? So she'll sit over here and read to me. And we'll read, we've gotten through several books, just reading, reading, reading. Because I say, that's not enough. I love it. But he might present it to the church that he might cleanse us by the washing of water, by the word, so that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. 
For this reason, a man must, shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you, in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. She doesn't have to love him, but she has to respect him, revere him, as she respects her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Servants, now in those days, most of the Roman Empire were slaves. Slaves or servants, be obedient to those who are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of heart, as to Christ, not with eye service. This is, you're to be obedient to, to where, whoever you're working for, not with eye service, as man-pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. And you, masters, do the same things to them, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him, no favorites or a respecter of persons with God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the, of the strategies of the devil. Well, how can we know the strategies of the devil? If we don't read this Bible, we can't know how he works. Well, he's like a roaring lion walking around looking for somebody who's a little out of step <laughs> and going to get him. But he said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the strategies or the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. This means heavenly beings, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand. I remember in my mother's living room, one of her books that was by one of the older um, theologians. It was called, Therefore Stand. And that's a good thing. That's what this is saying. Stand. Don't back away. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, 
which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And Paul says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that it is that in it I may speak boldly even though I'm in chains, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Finally then, brethren, for First Thessalonians, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. In Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a present to the Lord. You know, so that our whole selves should be given as a present to him. You ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For thus, this is the will of God, your sanctification. That means growth in the Lord, setting apart for the Lord. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. So that we know how to treat these bodies so that they will please God in sanctification set apart to him and honoring him. Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness but to holiness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed, you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, this was Asia Minor then. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business. Margaret, mind your own business. See, we have to take these things to heart. I love to mind other people's business. Don't we, though? But we don't like to mind our business. Mind your own business, to work with your own hands, as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are unbelievers or outside, and you may lack nothing. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have died, Christians who have fallen asleep and were buried and put in the grave. I don't want you to be ignorant about those who've fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. And you know, that's a picture of everyone outside of Christ. No hope here and, and in the future. No hope. For if we believe, and this if can be third class condition, 
you can put it as since. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. We won't go to heaven before Christians who have died before us. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together. So Paul's going up before we do. And according to this verse, the dead in Christ will rise first, then which we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always, always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. But concerning the times and seasons, oh, this is kairos and chronos are the two words. Concerning the kairos and chronos. The kairos means this fixed time, and the chronos means a special occasion. Put that down because that explains what's coming if we read this. But concerning this fixed time of the Lord coming in the clouds and the season of it, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We aren't unbelievers. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober, be alert. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Faith, hope, and love. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly. <laughs> this, in one of the translations, admonish the idle, those who don't do anything, the unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. Well, that's hard to do, but we, that's what God says. 
See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but also pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. You always keep an open line to God, I've written in here. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. I've written a line down here. Every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit, but we determine whether we're filled or whether we grieve him or quench him. You might want to write that down. Every believer is, the Holy Spirit comes to live in your life the moment you, you believe in Jesus. But you can quench him, like put your foot on a fire and put it out, or you can let him control you. It's up to us. Every believer is indwelt by the Spirit, but we, de we determine whether we are filled or whether we grieve him or quench him. We certainly don't want to do these things. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and... See, we are a trinity. Draw a trinity. Draw a, a triangle here and put the spirit at the top, the soul, and the body. The soul is not the spirit. The spirit isn't the soul. The soul isn't the body. The body isn't the soul or spirit. But there, we're a trinity, three parts. <clears throat> but may your whole spirit, soul, and body be pres preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, is, who calls you, he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord Jesus that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. Now this is, I've written in here, Paul's secret mark of whether he wrote the book or not is this last verse, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Evidently that's at the end of all of Paul's letters and his secret mark. Well, I think we probably should take up second Thessalonians next week and stop here. Mm -hmm. Lord, we just thank you for this this different kind of Bible class that we were able to meet and I thank you that some came and it was such a delight to look into your word again. Just bless these things that we've even talked about today to our hearts and bless each one here. Bless their families and bless every with health so that we aren't sick with health and strength and with spiritual strength also. Just Lord be with us in Jesus' name. Amen.